Good morning, New Life Manitou. My name is Justin, and I'll be doing the scripture reading this morning, so if you would stand. Today's reading is going to be from Romans chapter 2, verses 2 to 4. You, therefore, have no excuse, you who pass judgment on someone else, for at whatever point you judge another, you are condemning yourself, because you who pass judgment do the same things. Now we know that God's judgment against those who do such things is based on truth, so when you, a mere human being, pass judgment on them and yet do the same things, do you think you will escape God's judgment? Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance, and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? Would you uh, remain standing as we pray? Lord, we thank you for these words, though hard, Lord, and that the, the reminder to all of us is that your kindness leads to repentance. So, Lord, let us keep that in the forefront of our heart as we hear these words and meditate on this scripture. We pray this in your name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and all God's people shouted, Amen. Amen. Well, you may be seated. It's wonderful to be outside. Uh, it does bring back memories from last summer. How many of you were here last summer outside? So this side and then a couple people over there. Great. Uh, one of the things I really appreciate about being outside in the community is that we get to show people, visitors, people who are walking by that we are the same group of people meeting outside as we do inside. I think there's this uh, thought that non-Christians have that when Christians gather gather together, we huddle up and we just start judging people and talking about people. And that is just not the case. In fact, today's scripture, which was chosen kind of a long time ago because we set in motion uh, this series in the book of Romans, is today talking about not judging others. And I thought it was funny, Dan got up here and said, today Joe's going to talk about judging others. Let me correct that. We're talking about not judging others. Um, the context here in Romans chapter 2, he, he gets right, Paul, the author, gets right into, do not judge. Don't point your finger at other people. It's in the context coming right from Romans chapter 1, which talks about, if, if I may simplify things, I have four little boys, and the, the ones that can talk, talk about good guys and bad guys. And there's also like another subcategory called strangers. They've never met a stranger, but they know they're out there. Um, it's funny how kids' minds work, and is, if only it was as simple as that. But to oversimplify things, Romans chapter 1 talks about how God is going to set all things right, how one day these so-called bad guys, God is going to come and set things right for them, for the good, for the ones who have done bad, and God is going to correct those that have done bad. And I imagine the Romans getting this letter would have been uh, nodding their head. Yeah, that, that's right. Those, those bad guys, they're, they're going to be set right one day. And then Romans chapter 2 turns everything back upon us, the listener, the Christians listening to this letter. And it says, so therefore, don't any of us, don't you even for a second pretend or even start to judge someone else. Reminds me of a story I'll tell real quick. I was a Boy Scout a long time ago. Any Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, Brownies, Cubs? Um, so years ago, I was a Boy Scout. We, we would go to this camp, Camp Kingsley near upstate Rome, New York. And I remember my first camp, uh, we, we go and the first day, there's lots of orientations to the camp. And we went and there was the, the, the um, lake orientation and there, 
was this young girl, uh, probably the only girl at this all-boys camp, giving the uh, orientation. And I'm sure she was just some girl that gave up her like college summer to, to be there to work at this Boy Scout camp. And the boys were just oogling and googling over this girl. And it was just becoming more and more rude. Like, we were not listening. We were, we were nudging each other and giggling and pointing. And, and one of the boys raised his hand and said, do you know CPR? And she, she started to say, yeah, I know CPR. I have to go through this training and that training. And the boy said, good, because you take my breath away. And he's like, yeah, he's giggling. And, and, and everybody just started laughing. And some other kid who was not as smooth said, hey, can I practice CPR on you? And everybody started laughing and giggling and really just disrespecting this girl, not listening. Well, a little bit of time passed. And later that evening, we were all at the, the fire and our leader, this adult leader, a uh, scout master, uh, looked around and said, is everyone here? Can I talk to everyone for a minute? And we said, sure. And we, we thought we were in trouble. But then he, he said, uh, I want you guys to help me with something. I want you to help me with a troop and uh, another troop uh, that, that, that is kind of struggling here. And they're, um, they, they, today they were not acting like scouts. You know, scouts supposed to be trustworthy, loyal, helpful, friendly, courteous, kind, true brave, clean, and reverent. But, but this troop at this time was not doing that. They were disrespectful, and they were disrespectful at an orientation. And, and in our mind, we we're like, well, which troop is it? Let's go get them. Let's mess them up. Let's go prank them and steal their stuff and hang it up on the flagpole. They shouldn't be doing that. Let's mess them up. Uh, and the scoutmaster, after, in this slowly in this conversation, said, well, do you, do you want to know what troop that is? And we're like, yeah, is it the troop next door? They're loud. They're, 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 they're mean over there. He's like, well, that troop is us. That troop is our troop. That is us. And we were all like, oh, right. You're right. We were the ones who did that this morning to that poor girl giving her summer away to be the, the lifeguard or uh, instructor at this lake. And I wonder if Romans 1 and Romans 2 is kind of like that. Romans 1 sets up this picture of like, oh, there's these bad guys and God is eventually going to set all things right. And we're like, yeah, that's good. And then Romans 2 is like, and we are part of that problem. We believers, we cannot even for a second, don't point your finger at anybody else. Let God be the one who judges. So the point one of this sermon is do not judge. Don't do it. You know, you see, I think we, in our minds at least, in our heads, we do this all the time. We see some people, oh, they're rich. Look at how they're spit. Don't do that. You see poor people, the transient community and manager, oh, those, those people, they're coming in, they're, they're going to be violent and they're going to do bad stuff. Don't, don't judge. Those people don't judge anyone. That is not what we are supposed to do as we are believers, and don't judge hypo, hypo, um, uh, hypocritically. I think that's. I think of times in my life where I've pointed the finger at someone else. It's often those times that I need to look in the mirror myself. I think about. Um, this scripture is often a favorite scripture to be used kind of on the other side. Like the reverse side of this is using the scripture to put up a wall or to put up ammunition against someone else and say, hey, don't judge me. Put up this wall, put up this ammo and say, don't judge me. Well, th this verse isn't for that. It's actually saying don't judge someone else, but it's as if sometimes people... 
uh, that people know I'm a pastor, and I think sometimes people say things to me just to kind of see what I will say back. They'll kind of test me. Is Joe about to yell at me and to judge me, or is he just going to listen? And I pray that I will always just listen and, and hear them out. I think it's like someone driving on the wrong side of the road just to drive on the wrong side of the road. They're driving, and they're, they're causing a traffic scene, and, and people are like, hey, what are you doing? And, and they're saying, well, don't judge me. And then they're driving down the road, and a cop sees them and pulls them over and gets out. What are you doing? What are you doing? Don't judge me. I could do whatever I want. This is a free country. Don't judge. It's like, well, actually, the cop is there to, to kind of do, you know, you're causing a scene here, and you're probably going to cause an accident. And, and this person's like, well, well, you had to you had to get on the wrong side of the road to pull me over. You're no better than me. What right do you have to judge? This scripture is not for that. I think we've probably all used it as a personal wall against someone else. Saying, don't judge me. Don't, don't putting up this wall. But it's really for us to take into heart and say, well, actually, it's about us not judging others, not as a wall to use ourselves. Point two is this, because I think we're probably all thinking about it. It's a question. When is judgment permissible? I think this is whenever someone talks about this passage, I think, at least in my mind, it's like, well, if that's true, we should never judge ever. It's like, well, what about this situation? What about that situation? What about uh, those of us that have kids and we walk in, see our own kids, and they're like teasing and hitting a puppy? It was like, well, I don't want to judge. I don't want to judge my, I'm sure there's a good reason why they're beating up this helpless puppy. No, you kid, he's like, what are you kids doing? Go get in time out. Now you're going to spend your summer volunteering at the Humane Society. Like, this is not right. You have, obviously, there's times to judge. If literally, I was thinking if you were on the jury and someone has been caught red-handed and the case is up, it's like, well, I don't want to judge. No, that's, that's the time to do that. Even Jesus says in John chapter 7, 24, Jesus talks about not judging, but then says this, stop judging by mere appearances and instead judge. Correctly, don't judge hypocritically. Don't judge out of anger. Don't judge. Don't don't judge to put someone else down. Don't judge because you're mad. In fact, point number three is point one repeated. Don't judge. Like, let's get back on track here. This is what this sermon is really about because our judgments can be very, very flawed. I was thinking I was in the park, the Memorial Park, which is just right across this park, which I think technically we're in Memorial Park. I could never figure that out. But anyways, I was over there with my kids at the playground a couple days ago, and uh, there was all the, the handicapped spots were taken, but there was this handicapped van with a uh, like a wheelchair ramp thing. And so someone, uh, in the kindness of their heart, took up two spots so that this van could uh, park there. They, it was... They were like talking to each other. I was like, would you mind moving one half spot over? He's like, yeah, because I have this thing that needs to come down. So they 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 took up two spots to help this guy. And some, some people walking by were like, oh, isn't that so nice? The heroes of the day that you were able to do that. Great. And so they kind of leave and go walk off. And then not five minutes later, someone comes walking up, uh, th- these two ladies, and they look at this car taking up two spots. And they say, would you look at this. Look at this car taking up two spots. Now, I knew that it was because he was actually helping someone else, but it looked like he was just taking up two spots. and said, oh, look at this. And they called him, well, it must be a scumbag taking up two spots. It's not even a nice car. And they were just going on and on. And I thought, how funny. Here's one group judging, saying, hey, here's the hero of the day. And here's another group saying, he's a scumbag for doing this. I thought, our judgments, we can't know the whole story. 
We certainly can't. We are flawed in our thinking. The last point here this morning, point number four, is that God's kindness, it's kindness that leads to repentance. And we read through this passage and it does talk about God's judgment. And for me, for some of you, for maybe visitors in here, for, for longtime church attenders, whenever we talk about God's judgment, it's kind of like we take a deep breath in and we're like, oh man, isn't that, you know, why, why is God doing that? For some of us, maybe visitors to the church are thinking through like, who is this God? Like, I thought God was kind and good and nice. And what's he doing up there just judging everybody? That's not kind or good or nice. But I would like to argue to you that, that judgment can be good if, if an all-knowing, all-powerful, loving God is the one who is doing it. I think of uh, like a judge in a court, and let's say someone broke into your house. If you've ever had your house broken into, you know what a raw feeling that is, that someone has taken something from you, someone has been in your space, and let's say they damaged a bunch of things. Let's say they took a bunch of things that were of value to you, just like sentimental value, and they took them, and they smashed them, and they broke them, and then one of your family members happened to be home, and they beat them up, and they hurt them so badly that they will never be the same, and they go on to do this. Like, so this person is caught and it's, it turns out that they broke into your house, but they broke into houses before that and did similar things and hurt other people. And even between your house and getting caught, they had done that again. They had broken. And so this guy, uh, this criminal is just a bad guy. He's caught red-handed. He's surely done this. So go back to this judge in the court. He stands there. He's like, I've, he I've heard all these arguments. Uh, this, this person, this criminal, he's obviously done it. He's guilty. But I'm good and kind, and so I'm going to let this guy go free. And just opens the door and says, go ahead, go on, you're, you're free to go. Would that be good? High five, right? High five, that's good, that's kind. We would say, no, that's actually, that's not just. That, that's, that's not part of the goodness. And our God is a good and kind God. It is his kindness that leads us to repentance. In Romans chapter 3, which will be next week, we will talk about this uh, verse that's very famous. It says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I think the bond of unity that all humans share, thinking about like divisions and, and people fighting over differences, the, one of the bonds we share is that we have all fallen short. And that's good. that goes back to the first point here, that the reason why we should never judge is because we've all fallen short. We have fallen short before God, and God is ready and willing to forgive us, and that's part of the good news we talked about last week in Romans 1. I think back to this Boy Scout, uh, the Scoutmaster, who talked to us at the fire. It was in his kindness that he was leading us to repent, that we had messed up that day. We had ruined some girl's summer by not listening and by making fun of her, putting her on the spot, awkwardly trying to flirt with this girl. It just wasn't working out. And he was kind of, he wasn't trying to judge us in anger. He was, he was leading us to repentance in his kindness. So let me read for us as we close here. Would you consider these words found in verse four? I'll reread what was read. Basically, God is saying, do not show contempt for the riches of his kindness. So Paul, excuse me, Paul is saying about God to us, don't, don't show contempt. None of us should show contempt for God's riches, his kindness, his forbearance. That, that's a word that means his tolerance. God is tolerant. Don't, don't show contempt for his patience, realizing this, that God's kindness is intended to lead us to repentance. Would you quiet your heart this morning? Would you bow your head in prayer as we close here?
God, we, we truly believe that is the, the good news, the gospel, that your kindness, your kindness is what leads us to repentance. That you, Lord, can free us from ourselves, that we have all, as humans, drank diluted poison from our own lives and the, the world that is corrupted. But our, our great hope, as, as Christians, we profess and believe and hope that, that you will make all things right. And that is part of your judgment, that there's a goodness and kindness that comes with that, where all things will be made right. So, Lord, we worship you. We, we praise your holy name. We, we, we are led into repentance by your kindness. Show us your kindness, Lord. Show us your grace as we turn towards you and ask for repentance. We pray this in your holy name, Jesus, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Would you stand with me? It's, uh, we're going to prepare for communion. We're going to say this prayer together as, as a congregation. If you would say these words with me as well as pray them in your heart. It says this, Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us that we might delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen.